goodbye. Our service will begin shortly. Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Scott George, your announcer for the seventh Sunday of Easter. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is lay minister Bruce Sletton, organist Miss Courtney Sletton, and acolytes McKenna Schmidt and Sadie Bennett. Today's order of service is at trinity1874.com. Today's radio all right. Good morning, is everyone. By funds donated by it's the good to be back with you all here at the Lord's House here in Trinity in Freistadt. Uh, had a wonderful vacation. Uh, I was telling some folks, uh, didn't get a whole lot of rest because you don't get rest when you bring the kids along. Um, but uh, we made a lot of memories with them uh, and with our family. So it was a very, very good trip, and we were very thankful to be able to go on that. Uh, why don't we stand here this morning and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Members, if you see somebody that you don't recognize, please go say hi and tell them welcome today. Alright, if you will take your seats, we'll continue here. I only have one pre-service announcement. 
Uh, and that is uh, for our voters to please hang around after church today for just a few minutes. Uh, we need to vote to uh, extend a call to our uh, new eighth grade teacher who is eligible for a divine call. Uh, and so we need to be able to, as a congregation, that is something that, that only, only we can do. And so we want to meet for just a few minutes to be able to do that. So uh, if you are a voter, please hang around for about... 10 minutes after worship here today, uh, and we'll get everybody signed in, we'll get started, and then we'll uh, hopefully be in and out as soon as we possibly can. Why don't we open today with a word of prayer? Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. Truly, Lord, this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We pray, Lord, that as we worship you here now, uh, that all of the thoughts and the concerns and the worries and the anxieties uh, that we brought with us, that you would help us, Lord, uh, by your Holy Spirit to give us peace about them. Uh, Lord, as we receive your word, both in our ears, Lord, as well as with our mouths. Uh, And for that, Lord, we give you thanks and praise. And so, Lord, uh, as we gather here, truly better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. And so we begin, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The opening hymn is, O Morning Star, How Fair and Bright, hymn 395, Stanzas 1 through 3, hymn 395, stanzas 1 through 3.
Hear my cry, O God. For you have been my refuge. For you, O God, have heard my vows. Prolong the life of the king. May he be enthroned forever before God. So will I ever sing praises to your name. Hear my cry, O God. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. O King of glory, Lord of hosts, uplifted in triumph far above all heavens, leave us not without consolation, but send us the spirit of truth whom you promised from the Father. For you live and reign with him and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The first reading for this morning comes from Psalm 119, beginning at verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my freewill offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. This is the word of the Lord. Christ is risen from the dead. He has given him dominion over the works of his hands. We have the children come forward now for the children's message and bring the mighty mites. Children's message today is brought to us by John Clybaker. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? Everybody doing good? It's a beautiful day in the Ozarks, isn't it? The sun is shining. It's a nice temperature this morning. What have I got in my hand? The Holy Bible. The Bible. What's another word or another, another way we might describe this book? God's Word. Thank you, Cordell. That's exactly right. God's Word. How do we know it's God's Word? Because we have faith in it, God said it was his word, didn't he? So who wrote the Bible? Does anybody know? Who wrote the Bible? It's kind of a trick question for those of you out there that are wondering what the children might say. Dylan, what do you say? Who wrote the Bible? The disciples. The disciples? Who else? Prophets, yes. Men like Moses, Obadiah, Zechariah, those are fun words to say. Amos, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they wrote, physically wrote the Bible. But did you know God really wrote the Bible? And he did it, here's a big silly word for you, vicariously. That's a fun one to say. Through those men. That means he used them to actually do the writing. But this is whose word? God's word. So God wrote the Bible. 
There's several interesting things about the Bible. Um, as you read it, you'll learn a lot of things, won't you? Did you know there were important folks in the Bible that actually read part of the Bible and the Bible tells us they did? Here's an example. Do you remember Jesus opening up a scroll in one of the stories that you've learned about over the years? Reading from the Bible? Now that's, God's Word must be pretty important if Jesus is reading it, and the Bible even tells us that he did. How about when, uh, when the Ethiopian man was reading it, and he didn't understand it, and a fellow by the name of Philip helped him understand it? So there's several examples. And if those people thought it was important to read the Bible, it's surely important for us. One more thing I wanted to share with you this morning about God's Word that I think is just really neat and interesting. God's Word is the Bible, but I want to read to you from John chapter 1, the first verse. In the beginning was the Word. God's Word, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word capital W, was God. Now, what about that? What's really interesting is, you go a few more verses down, in verse 14, it tells us who that was. So, the Word became flesh, that means got a body just like we do, and dwelt among us, lived right here with all of the people, And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Who is God the Son? Jesus. So who is the Word? Jesus. Right. Did you guys know that? Some of you, yes. Some of you maybe just learned that this morning. Pretty interesting things. God's Word is very important. God's Word tells us so much about God and about Jesus. I hope that all of you find time with mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, to read God's Word sometimes, hopefully regularly. And as you get older, that you'll read it more and more often yourself because it will help strengthen your faith. I think something really fun to do this morning, one of the things I love about God's Word, reading the Bible and the Word, Jesus, is that the Bible tells me about how Jesus feels about me. And I know we've got some folks that like to sing up front here, and a lot of folks in the congregation that do too. Betty, would you help us with the song that you brought us up here with? Let's all join together, Jesus Loves Me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us the Bible through your word, through Jesus, the word, so that we can know that he loves us. 
He loves us so much that he came to earth, lived among us, then died on the cross and rose again on the third day so that we can have faith in him as our Lord and Savior. Strengthen us as we read your Bible and help us to learn every day that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The second reading for this morning is taken from Revelation chapter 22, beginning at the first verse. And the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on the other side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand. Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Jesus said, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you love me before the foundation of the world." O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I have made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Just one note about the next hymn, the hymn of the day. At this point, we will sing verses 1 through 4 only, and then after the, immediately after the sermon is finished, we will sing verses 5 and 6. So right now, just verses 1 through 4, after the sermon coming up, verses 5 through 6. Mm-hmm. 
hymn of the day is Thy Strong Word, hymn 578, as you heard, verses 1 through 4, hymn 578, verses 1 through 4. with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
The text for this morning's meditation is both from the Old Testament that was just read as well as uh, from the first verse that we read in the gospel lesson for today, how the, uh, that gospel lesson is part of what is known as Jesus' high priestly prayer, in which he is praying to the Father on, be, on behalf of, of his disciples. And in this particular passage, he is asking that the Father would grant to them that they would be one with him, just as he and the Father are one as well. To begin today, I want to begin by actually going to a section of Scripture. We actually went through it in the adult Bible class this morning, or at least part of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And it is the, one of the most famous passages in Scripture with regards to the hope of our faith, the resurrection. And Paul begins in a very interesting way. He begins this section by essentially telling them, I brought to you the gospel. I brought to you the word. I brought to you the good news about Jesus Christ, crucified, died, buried, and resurrected. I brought that message to you. And you believed it. And you continue to believe it. But then he says something very interesting and something very poignant, something to get the attention of the Corinthian church. He says, in effect, but something is blocking it. Something is blocking the gospel from spreading among you. Now, you have heard me in this space before. You have heard me reference Dr. Gibbs's probably the best sermon that I have ever heard in my entire life, his sermon that he did several years ago, and the title of that sermon was called Spreading the Gospel, and it had absolutely nothing to do with missions, it had absolutely nothing to do with evangelism, because in this text from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul is referring to the spread of the gospel inside of us. And so, again, he tells them, I preached that gospel to you, you received it, you heard it with your own ears, you internalized it, but something's wrong. Something is blocking the gospel from doing what the gospel wants to do. Something is blocking the word from doing what the word is supposed to do. In the case of the Corinthian church, what was happening is that there were some in that church that were preaching, that were teaching that there was no such thing as the resurrection of the dead. And so that's what was blocking the gospel from spreading in the lives of the Corinthian church. Now, as far as I know, there is nobody in our church that is preaching that. If they are, I need to talk to them right away. But the gospel does get blocked from spreading among us and spreading in us. And the only person that we need look at, if the gospel is not spreading in our lives, there is only one person that we need look at. And I encourage you to take a mirror and look and see what's in that reflection. It's you. If the gospel is not spreading in your life, it's not Jesus' fault. It's your fault, and your fault only. First of all, let's talk about the Word in general. Uh, I love it, John, when a children's message comes together. It's perfect. 
The word is two things. As we heard about here, the, the word is scripture, God's divine message written to us and for us, passed down over thousands and thousands of generations. And the word, as John rightly said, and as he rightly pointed out, the word is Jesus. I said that really Baptisty. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Jesus. Um, the word is Jesus. The Logos, specifically. What is fascinating is that if you look in your gospel text, in your bulletin, I did some research. The word for word that is in that text where he says that the disciples have this word, this message, that word for word is the same word in the Greek that was used in John chapter 1, the Logos. Literally, Jesus himself. Jesus is that word, that message that the disciples have to carry out, that they have been taught, that they have received, and then they are supposed to go out and spread that message to others. So the questions then become, first of all, what does the word do? Number one, we know that the word creates. We know that in six days that God spoke and things were made. And as we found out in the Bible class, the adult Bible class this morning, the Word created everything else really except for us. We are different than everything else in creation because we were literally formed with the hands of God from the dirt of the ground. And then we were breathed inside of us God's Holy Spirit, the breath of life. And that is what separates us. The Word creates. The Word also continues to give us each and every day our first article gifts, everything that we need to support this body and life. No matter what that is. Luther describes some of them. Uh, 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 good wife, good husband, good children, a job, Food, house, home, land, animals, and everything that we have to support this body and life. Good government, when it works. All of those things are those first article gifts that the Word, Jesus, continues to give us to this day. Each and every day. So the Word creates. The second thing that the Word does is it brings a message of forgiveness. Two very important examples from Jesus' ministry. First of all, the woman caught in adultery. Adultery, in case you didn't know at that time, was punishable by death, by stoning. And so all of these teachers of the law and all of these people bring this woman before Jesus and they basically try to trick him and they tell him, well, what would you do? And of course, Jesus says that very famous line, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Well, of course, nobody can do that because they've all sinned. And they all leave. And there was nobody else, from what we are told from the Gospels, there is nobody else around except for the woman and Jesus. And Jesus says, there, is there nobody else that has condemned you? Then neither do I. Your sins are forgiven. Another great story is when the friends of the 
paralytic. They cut a hole in the roof of this house because they can't get to Jesus. And so they cut a hole in the roof of this house and they let their friend down so that Jesus can hopefully heal their friend, or at least they think anyway, hopefully can heal their friend. Even, of course, Jesus knows what he's going to do. And they cut a hole in the top of this roof and they, and they, and they, they bring their, their, their friend down in it. And if you remember, Jesus says these words, not your leg is healed, not your arm is healed, not your body is healed. No, he says your sins are forgiven. The word brings about a message of forgiveness, a message of, as Paul says so rightly, a message of divine reconciliation, because that's really what the, what the word and the gospel is all about. Reconciling us, reconciling God's creation that has fallen, that is in sin, that lives in sin every single day, that continually fails to live up to the standard, and through Christ and his blood and his empty tomb, are brought into a reconciled relationship with him. The next thing, the next thing that the word does is it transforms. And I think that in Gibbs' sermon, this is really what he was getting at. He has this really great line, and I'm going to quote it again, and if you have heard it before, sorry, it just bears repeating. He says this, he says that when the gospel gets into a man's heart, it changes things, and it takes over stuff. And when the gospel gets into a woman's life, it changes things, and it, it takes over stuff. The word spreads. The word transforms. There are a host of examples in Scripture, but I'm going to give you two. One probably the most obvious one from the Apostle Paul, the murderer of Christians who was breathing, that, that's all that he talked about, that's all that he wanted to do was to murder God's people. And yet, Jesus in his great love, in his divine love for Paul, one of his creatures comes to him, and we know how the story goes, we certainly know how it ends, he becomes the most famous apostle probably of all Christianity. The gospel transforms. One of my favorite, probably my second favorite Old Testament story, the story of Naaman. Elijah, through God's word, tells Naaman not directly, but tells him, if you want to be healed of your, lesser, of your leprosy, then, then go wash in the river. And Naaman's like, well, I'm not going to go wash in the river, especially that particular river, because it's dirty. I'm not going to go do that. I'm Naaman. I'm a general, a commander in the king's army. I don't do that. Naaman thinks that, well, why doesn't he just come out and wave his hand and somehow heal me? But no, that's not what God's word said. God's word through Elijah tells him, and go wash in the river. And so he finally does, and what happens? His skin is restored to being perfectly new. The word, the gospel, transforms. When Christ appears to the apostles, I can guarantee you that not a single one of them, and, we, and certainly we know that from the Gospels and from Acts, but all of the other 500 that Jesus appeared to, we know that none of them were ever the same after that. After the word, Jesus appeared to them and said, Here, 
I am. Peace be with you. The gospel transforms. And finally, the gospel saves. It is saves because the gospel, the word of God, is the Logos himself, Jesus, who was crucified, died, and buried, and resurrected on the third day for you and me. And thank God that the gospel and the word saves, because I want to go back to, our, to what I began this message with, and that the word, the gospel, we have a tendency to block it from spreading in our lives. Again, if you, if you are wondering why it doesn't seem like, like Jesus is, is somehow present with you or whatever else it might be, look in the mirror. It never fails, folks. It never fails. I have asked this to several different couples who have come to me for counseling, and the first question, one of the first questions that I ask them is, are you doing devotions, husband and wife? Guess how many say that, that they are? Zero. None. Not a single one. When it comes to our families and when it comes to our marriages, let me be very, very clear about this particular point. The armies of hell are after your marriage. Every single army of hell is after your marriage. And if we're not in the Word if we're not reading it, if we're not praying together as husbands and wives and as families, what hope do we have? Sorry, it's not enough just to come to church on Sunday. It's not. Sorry. I hate to break it to you, but it's not. And so if you are not doing family devotions together, if you are not doing devotions together as husband and wife specifically, then the gospel is being blocked from being spread in your marriage, in your life, and in your family. Even if you aren't married, if you are a Christian, if you are a single Christian, the armies of hell are after you every single day. As soon as you wake up, they are after you, tempting you, trying to get you to turn away from what you know as a baptized believer in Christ, what you know to be true and real. And so as Luther said so many times, our greatest defense against Satan and all of his armies is prayer. Prayer and lots of it. The Word and lots of it. Now don't, don't confuse what I'm, what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that if you do devotions every single day that somehow, miraculously, hard times are going to leave you. I'm not saying that. Because you and I both know that that's not true. But what I am saying is that the gospel is blocked from being spread. The word is being blocked from being spread in our lives if, if we are not doing those things, using those means of grace that God has given to us. What are some of the other reasons in your life that the word is getting blocked? Is it laziness? Is it complacency? Do you simply have too much to do? What is it? 
and maybe this one too. Are you holding on to a sin that somebody else has committed against you? Are you holding on to something that somebody did against you? Maybe, maybe it was last week, maybe it was last month, maybe it, it was 10 years ago, whatever it was. Are you holding on to something that somebody did against you? Let me be very, very, very clear about this next point. Don't insult the gospel by hanging on to that sin. Because the gospel is very, very clear that all sins have been forgiven. Every single solitary one has been forgiven because of the blood of Christ. Don't insult the gospel by thinking that you can just keep hanging on to this sin and waking up every, every day with it. Let it go. Forgive. Because you have been forgiven. Another one. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you, every day, you'll see somebody else and you'll compare yourself to someone else? Whether you are a man or a woman or child, we are always comparing ourselves to other people. What other people have, what we don't have. What other people do and what we don't do. What other people uh, have and what we don't have. It's just a constant comparison all the time, every day. That's another way that Satan and his armies try to get after you and try to break you down. You're not as good as they are. You don't have this, and so therefore you are less. Pick your comparison. It's all a tactic of Satan. It's all a tactic of of the one that doesn't want you near the one who has told you that I love you and I have died for you and you are the apple of my eye and my blood has covered you completely. We block the, the word from being spread. Again, if, if, if we do not feel close to God or whatever else the case might be, trust me, God has not left you. And again, I'm not saying that, it's, that magically, as soon as you start doing devotions again or as soon as you start praying again, that, that you're never going to have hard times or anything. I'm not saying that because you and I both know that that's not true. But even though we stop the gospel, the good news, and the word from being spread in our lives, here is the glorious truth. It still gets spread. The gospel still is inside you. The good news about Jesus is still being spread. The good news about Jesus is still taking over stuff. The word is still changing. And the Word is still transforming. That's a promise. That's a promise from God Himself. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Luther says this beautifully when he is explaining the different, uh, the different petitions to the Lord's Prayer. And when it comes to the petition, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he says it 
perfectly. The good and gracious will of God is still done even without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. And what is the good and gracious will of of God? Well, he goes on to explain that too. Every single time that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature is disrupted and broken and defeated by Christ is when the good and gracious will of God is done in our lives. We don't have to ask for it. It is done for us. This is why we baptize people, everyone, even babies. This is why we have communion and we celebrate and partake in Christ's body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins because it reminds us in a very tangible way that the word of God, Jesus, and his word, his message to us is still being spread in our lives, personally, individually, as families, as married couples, as single people, no matter who you are, the gospel, the word is still being spread in your life. It's exactly why Thy Strong Word is one of my most favorite hymns. I like it because it kind of sounds a little bit haunting, and I think it only sounds the best on the organ. But when you sing that song, and we're going to sing the last two verses in just a few moments, but when you sing that song, I want you to think about those words. Thy Strong Word did cleave the darkness. Thy Strong Word does bespeak us righteousness. And as we're going to sing in verse 5, give us lips, Lord, to sing thy glory. Christ is risen. Let's sing the last two verses of thy strong word in your your, um, bulletin. Please stand. The hymn number is 578. Verses 5 and 6.
found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings in your pew. In, in the pew that you are in is a red sign-in book for members and guests to fill out. Uh, if you are a guest with us, if you would be so kind as to leave us a way to get into contact with you, whether a telephone number or your address, that we might uh, connect with you. And thank you for being with us in worship today. We collect our tithes and offerings. mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing of the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. This broadcast is made possible by donations to the broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. Music committee is meeting tomorrow, June 4th, I'm sorry, Tuesday, June 4th at 4.30 at the home of Amanda Minnie. One of the joys of our service is the special music that we enjoy. Those who sing and play, piano, organ, bass, woodwind, or string instruments are encouraged to consider providing special music for our services. Please contact Amanda Manny. One fun thing coming up is a drive-in movie on June 8th at Trinity Lutheran School in the gym parking lot when it gets dark. So join us for the drive-in movie at June 8th at the gym parking lot. Confirmation Reunion Sunday is June 9th. Confirmation, those who were confirmed in, in a year ending in nine will be recognized in that service. Please notify the church office if, there, if you are one of those individuals. Men's Bible study meets 8 a.m. every Wednesday morning in, in the Narthex. Several women's Bible studies occur throughout the week. Contact the church office for more information. We now rejoin our service in progress.
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day. You're leading us here so we can worship you. The beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives. Let the word just shared be rays of light for us this week, that it would be a light to our path. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Oren, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Wayne, Bob Dodson, Mark, Warren, Gary, Bob Curtit, Emma, Brenda, Rosemarie, Bob Jelinek, John, Mary Ann, Debbie, Mary, Fred, Lisa, Jen, Catherine, Deborah, Joe, Phil, Harmony, and Louise. These as well as all those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely and give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally in our state and in our local communities, as well as the leaders of our own Lutheran Synod. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We looked up to you in prayer, Christopher Smith, who was serving in the Navy, and David Hessman, who is deployed overseas, as well as their families, who pray and wait for their safe return. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your heavenly angel to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them, so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for anniversaries and the celebration of Christian marriage. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your son at the marriage at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed upon Harold and Marjean, who are celebrating 44 years of Christian union through their marriage. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, refuge, and life, as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. We also pray for strong marriages. Most gracious God, we give thanks for the joy and blessing that you grant to husbands and wives. Assist them always to be, by your grace, that with true fidelity and steadfast love, they may honor and keep their marriage vows, grow in love toward you and each other, and come at last to the eternal joys that you have promised. 
Lord, in your mercy. And finally, a prayer for this congregation and for all our visitors. Bless all those who worship with us today, Lord, those who have listened by radio. Now that we have been refreshed through word and sacrament soon to come, lead us into your mission field. Give us the courage and zeal to tell others about the good news of salvation as it is carried out in our lives. Keep us mindful that it's always about you, Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places Give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who after his resurrection appeared openly to all his disciples, and in their sight was taken up into heaven, that he might make us partakers of his divine life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Lord, as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper. 
And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us in this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Closing hymn is O Morning Star, How Fair and Bright. Hymn 395, verses 4 through 6. Hymn 395, verses 4 through 6. to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Christat, Missouri. We pray you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Scott George.
We can still sing the last one, honey, if you want to play it. It's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, so just uh, a couple of announcements before we close with our worship service here today. First of all, as, as always, there's a short prayer session in the chapel after service for anyone who would like to join in. Uh, the chapel is that direction. You may submit your, your request for prayer prior to service. There's a jar on the piano in the chapel there uh, with some slips of paper there. If you have a request for prayer, there is a group that meets uh, to pray, and anyone is allowed and able to go. The music committee will be meeting on June 4th at 4.30 at Amanda Menning's home. Anyone who has a desire to provide special music is encouraged to contact Amanda before June 4th. Uh, our ladies' aid will meet on Thursday, June 6th at 1.30 in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, Trinity Lutheran School's drive-in movie on June 8th at the gym parking lot when it gets dark. Watch the church and school Facebook page for more information about Showtime and what movie we'll be playing. Uh, confirmation reunion Sunday will be next Sunday, June 9th. Uh, so the confirmation roll call Sunday is June 9th coming up. And then finally, uh, in about 10 minutes, uh, there is a special voters meeting uh, to happen. The meeting is in regards to extending uh, a divine call to our eighth grade um, teacher, which we have hired. Uh, she is eligible for a call as well. And so as a congregation, uh, it's our uh, responsibility to be able to vote on that. So that, that's going to happen in about 10 minutes. The sign-up sheet is going to be up here uh, somewhere, and then we will get started and then move right along. There's Darren. He's got the sheet right, right, right there. Okay. Um, yes, uh, and I think that's all the announcements that we have. I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week.